On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Starting to get my voice back a little bit. Not there yet, but in today's show, we're going to talk Vikings, wide receivers, history. Justin Jefferson, I brought this up before last week, but Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, those are the four. And then I would say Stefan Diggs, those are my five. But where do they land? Who's one? Well, that's easy, Randy Moss. But Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Chris Carter. Do you throw Adam Thielen up there just from a statistical standpoint? Uh, do you just throw Chris Carter in because he's old? Do you throw Justin Jefferson at the bottom because he's a rookie or young of the group? Chris Carter probably would still call him Rook. But when you think about that group, um, there's a lot to dig into there. And then we're going to talk Twins Guardians. Of course, the Twins, everybody was panicking. I was one of them. They got back in this. We'll talk a little bit about that series as well as the series before with the Rockies. And then... Got to talk about the Vikings training camp coming up. There's some guys, some standouts, ESPN analyst, Kevin Seifert, beat writer for the Vikings. He has a guy that he likes on this uh, roster so far. I call it the, sh the all shorts team because nobody's really hitting right now. You, you you see the speed take over, and that's when guys can really flash when they, they have size, speed, or ability. But as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, before we jump into this conversation, about these Vikings receivers in the history of Vikings receivers ever, 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 forever, ever. We got to have a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Uh, it's going to get intense with this Vikings receivers conversation. But first, I want to tell you about Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question, celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry that is unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping, BlueNile.com. Great online tools that help you choose shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So I introduce Sam Ekstrom, our producer. As we jump into this conversation, Sam, I'm going to just throw some names out there. And, of course, there's always my top five uh, that we mentioned because these guys come up a lot. Adam Thielen because he's here. Stefan Diggs because he was, I mean, historical. The Minneapolis Miracle. You got Justin Jefferson because he's taking the world by storm. You got Randy Moss because he is the GOAT. And then you have Chris Carter because he – I mean, he's just Chris Carter. He did it all, and he did it with flash and flair. You know, he's one of the, the best trash talkers that you've heard mic'd up. But here's some names that people forget. Anthony Carter, big-time receiver, mm -hmm. 7,600 yeah. yards. You got Jake Reed, part of the, the trio. Uh, you got Sammy White. I mentioned him last week as well. Um, you got Steve Jordan, so we got to kind of take him out of there because he's technically a tight end, but Steve Jordan's in there. You got Amir Rashad, and Amir Rashad – I drop him off because he's behind Adam Thielen, but this is the caveat. Stefan Diggs, I have to drop him off because he's behind Adam Thielen, but Stefan Diggs did not stay. Stefan Diggs went on and did more 
he went on and did great things with another quarterback. So if Stefan Diggs was still here, he probably, because I think with the Bills so far, he's like eclipsed 3,000 yards maybe or something like that. Um, and so if you look at that, then that puts Stefan Diggs around 7,600 career yards, which puts him above Anthony Carter. It puts him top three in these guys. And of course, like Chris Carter, some of his stats, um, you know, don't populate when you think about uh, what else he's done. You look at Adam Thielen, um, you know, his 5,900 yards, 5,600 and or 5,966 yards. So he's, he's, he's 44 yards shy or 34 yards shy of 6,000. Um, so if Adam Thielen has a thousand yard season, 1,100 puts him at 7,000. So that puts him above Jake Reed. So I'm going to start there because of that. We know Adam Thielen's probably going to have at least 800 to a thousand yards. He's probably not done either. Um, I, Jake Reed was never the focal point though. And that's, that's where Adam Thielen kind of, Adam Thielen was one, a one B Jake Reed was clearly three. Like we knew that when he was with that trio, he was three. And so to do what he did as three, maybe if Jake Reed is Adam Thielen, he gets 10,000 yards. So it's a lot to, to mm -hmm. take in. Um, for the sake of argument right away, I'm going to go Moss, Carter. And I want to go Carter again. I mean, it's this is a tough one, man. This is tough. This is tough. But I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Anthony Carter. Those are my top three right now, Sam. Where do you go? So I'm thinking long-term on this. Carter is locked in. Anthony Carter's locked in at 7,600 yards. He's mm -hmm. had, I think, a nine-year Vikings career. Yep. Adam Thielen, and you alluded to this, he's moving into fourth all-time this year in yep. receiving. If he plays one year after that, he's probably moving into third. Yep. And then it's Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Adam Thielen. And sometimes I think that, that people underestimate, like they've always underestimated Adam Thielen, but they yeah. don't realize like, how spectacular some of the catches he makes are. He, yeah. I mean, he really looks like Chris Carter when he toe taps the sidelines. Um, the one-handed catches are very Moss-like. Like he, he is not as gifted physically as those guys, but the stuff he does in the field is unbelievable. So when it's all said and done, 2025, we're having this conversation. I could see Thielen being a dynamic third on the list. I don't think he's passing Moss. He's not passing Carter. But I think he could be your number three receiver once it's all said and done. If it stopped this year, if the voting was done, I'd probably go Anthony Carter too. Um, and then I think Jake Reed is probably in that top five mix. But I think Thielen is, has potential to climb. Now the question, Ron, becomes where's Jefferson? Because Jefferson not only has potential to be top three, but I think he has potential to be top two. Like He could be in that Carter-Moss mix. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and so when you look at Chris Carter, 13,000 yards. Now, Randy Moss is 9,300. Of course, he went on and did some awesome, ridiculous things with uh, Tom Brady. And, and so that's where I think, um, you know, we'll have to do another segment on this on just overall career because we can still do Vikings, receivers, but overall career, but we're going to stick with Viking stats. Like, I don't want to cheat this segment. And so when you're just looking at Viking stats, if you did not know Randy Moss went on and had 23 touchdowns or whatever it was that crazy season uh, with Tom Brady, um, you know, Chris Carter's had 110 Vikings touchdowns. Randy Moss has had 92. Anthony Carter has had 52. You look at Adam Thielen, he's at 49. So my guess is Adam Thielen's going to have more than four touchdowns. And so I can already 
you 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 hit the nail on the head with that one. I'll give you that one. Um, Thielen's three. Like in this right now, Thielen would be three. And we're just talking Vikings. We're not gonna throw the Buffalo Bill stuff in there for Diggs. We can't throw the LSU career in there for 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 Justin Jefferson. We can't throw the, you know, and 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 again to say we can't throw the 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 New England season in for Moss. In this instance, Chris Carter would be one. But you look at the dynamicness of Randy Moss in his 113 games with the Vikings compared to Chris Carter's 188. That's where it gets crazy because he had 15.9 yards a catch. 15.9 yards per catch. He had 92 touchdowns with almost 70 less games. 92 touchdowns to Chris Carter's 110 and 92 less, or sorry, um, almost 70 less games. That's only, what is that, eight, 18 touchdowns less, but 72. If you give him 72 games with the Vikings or 60 more games with the Vikings, he probably has 150 to 160 touchdowns in Vikings history. So you you have to look at that. A quarterback, who knows who the Vikings, I mean, you could have had anybody play quarterback with Randy Moss. Um, but but I think that's the key. So Moss has to be one. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. We saw what he did with the ball when he had it. Um, his targets even. I mean, he only had 1,000 targets to Chris Carter's 1,500 targets. Uh, receptions, now that's where it gets crazy. Randy Moss, 587 Vikings receptions to Chris Carter's 1,000. So Chris Carter doubled him in purple receptions, but yards did not. Randy Moss is almost, what is that, seven, about 2,700 yards um, less, mm -hmm. 2,700 yards less, but 500 catches less. Like, that's crazy that he's missed 500 catches compared to Chris Carter. Six, let's call it 400 catches even, 2,700 yards less. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go Moss, Carter, Thielen, Mars Carter, Thielen, Anthony Carter, and then I'm going to go Stefan Diggs. That's where I'm going to go with my top five right now. I'm not even putting Justin Jefferson in this. I can't do it yet. I can't. I know people want to do it. They want to say Justin Jefferson. I, I was sold on Justin Jefferson at three. I think from a talent st stand standpoint, you look at game by game, you look at sensation. I can't do it yet, though. In Vikings history, Justin Jefferson is not in the top five just yet. I mean, he's going to be there. We know. If, if, well, hey, if he wants 200 million and he has to go somewhere else, because that's another thing. What if Justin Jefferson next year pulls a Stefan Diggs? Mm -hmm. I think people's mindset change. Like, they don't love him anymore. They love probably the gritty and what he did, but they're not going to love him anymore. They're going to put him out there with the Stefan Diggs crowd of like, mm, he was good when he was here. And then he goes on to the to the, to the the Chargers because Keenan Allen's leaving and the Chargers have money and they want to put somebody with Justin Herbert to go go, go crazy. I mean, that's that's where I would see it going because he he's only in his first contract. He could, he could hightail it out of here if he wants 180 to 200 million. And the Vikings would have to figure it out and say, all right, well, let's not let them just go. Let's trade them and get a first-round pick back because that's going to be the steps. Like, you you probably want to test the waters with them now and with his agent just kind of put a feeler out there. Hey, if we resign them now, what, what do you want? And then if he throws something out there astronomical, you say, okay, all right. Um, hey, Chargers, um, we, we'd like to make a trade. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. You have to trade with a team that has has some older receivers leaving. Maybe Keenan Keenan Allen. You know he's almost he's not done yet, but it's coming. And you know, or some teams that want a receiver one like that. You know, maybe Green Bay. 
I don't, I wouldn't do that, but that would, oh, that would be nasty. That, but that'd we be a tough one to sell to the fans. <laughs> and with Aaron Rodgers, 100 plus million, you can't get a $200 million receiver. You already proved that with Devontae Adams. Unless you think Devontae Adams is old, Justin Jefferson is young and it's worth it. But I don't see that. But that's where I go with that, Sam. That's that's my thought. I can't put Justin Jefferson in there just yet. Um, I got to go Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Adam Thielen, Anthony Carter, and then Stefan Diggs. Those are the top five receivers in Vikings history. Justin Jefferson, I think, is right up there. Because then, you, I mean, because Justin Jefferson hasn't passed, um, or has he? No, he hasn't passed Percy Harvin yet. Um, you know, and Percy Harvin, we know, you know, he had, con or not concussion, but um, migraine stuff that, you know, affected his, you know, travel play. Uh, Amal Rashad, eh, I mean, he is in the Vikings ring of honor. So if Justin Jefferson, like it, it was at 3,000 yards. So if he has another 1,200, 1,300 yard season and he, and, and he leads, he finished with 4,300 yards. So then do you bump him below my Rashad? Maybe because he's not here anymore. And he's gone on to have a two contract career with some other team. I mean, you never know. I don't know what you think about that, Sam, but that's, that's where I go. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on that five? Yeah, well, it's a good five. I think that the guy that we're sleeping on a little bit and it's it's not his fault. It's Jake Reed. So this is pre Moss. Yeah, and that's yeah. Pre, yeah. pre Moss, he had eleven hundred, eleven hundred, thirteen hundred, eleven hundred. He was that's that's like a number one receiver on a lot of teams. Right. He was a number two because Chris Carter was there, but they they knocked down to the third wide receiver a guy who had four straight thousand yard seasons. Yeah. So true. if Moss doesn't come along. Reed's probably finishing with off the charts stats, and he's probably top three. Um, he just kind of got a bad rap, you know. When Moss comes in, Reed gets demoted, and then he kind of limped his way to the finish after that. Yeah, because in Diggs' five years, he was at see, but that's tough for me because Diggs in Diggs' five years, he was at forty six hundred, and in Reed's ten years, um, almost eleven um, years, or basically eleven years. He was at uh sixty four hundred. So, yeah, you know, Diggs is Diggs with eleven years, for sure trumps that. And and you got to go average years. I, I'm 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 not going total. I'm going average years for yards. Diggs had a better average, and that's why I put Diggs at five. I'd say Jake Reed at six, Justin Jefferson at seven. Right now, at least. But only time will tell. Well, that'll do it for segment one. Segment two coming up. Stick around for this because. Vikings training camp is right around the corner now. We, we can smell it. Like July is almost here. We know when July 4th hits, the players get out of here. They go away for a while. When they come back in late July or mid-July even to start getting ready, it's time. And there's a lot of guys now fighting for roster spots. There's a lot of guys that got drafted that we're like, is this guy going to make it? And then he makes it. And now we drafted new guys where you're like, well, shiny new toy. Guys drafted under the old regime. I mean, do you want to draft a bunch of guys in and keep a bunch of guys that were drafted by another guy that didn't do anything? I think that puts a lot of pressure on a lot of guys that were fringe guys. We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Stay tuned for that. So welcome back to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I want to thank everybody that has continued to watch us on YouTube. Those that are listening on the podcast, here we go. Segment's called The Hot Seat. As I bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, we're going to play a little hot seat. You've seen this before with coaches. Is this coach on the hot seat? Is this coach on the hot seat? How hot is it? I'm going to let Sam explain it. He's going to throw some players out, and I'm going to tell him where I think their hot seat stands right now. 
Take it away. The hot seat index. I want you to give a number one through ten, ten being the hottest, one being ice cold. On the following fringe roster players for the Vikings, I think they are all kind of right on that that brim of being on the 53-man roster. Starting with second-year linebacker Chaz Surratt. I think he was a third-round pick in 2021. What do you make of his hot seat index? So, how hot is Chaz Surratt? It's a nine. It's like Sriracha. It's a nine. Like, he is on the hottest seat. One, from a special team standpoint, I think automatically your draft pick of Brian Osamoa takes him out of there. Uh, Brian Osamoa being the guy that people had him graded as a you know, late first, second round guy. Uh, so a lot of teams liked him. I talked to the, the coach, linebackers coach, and he said they wanted him. Speed, they call him slim, long, fast. Uh, reminds him of a rover where you can put him kind of in the, the, the deep middle because he can run. You can put him in the flat, let him cover a tight end because you're not worried about him covering and cover a running back. So it gives you a lot of position flexibility. He can also get after the quarterback. So that's why I put Shasarad at a nine. Yeah, I, I get that same vibe too. Um, I just feel like they've got plenty of linebackers. And if Surratt didn't play last year at all, um, he's not going to have that, that advantage of experience. So moving on, I want to get to try to get to five of these. How about Dan Chisena, the special teams guy for the last two years, entering his third season? Uh, wide receiver, Dan Chisena, hot seat index. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not going to name the receivers that I don't think uh, not saying they don't matter, but I, I think they're they're, they're going to be the practice squad guys, or they're going to have some work cut out for them. So when you look at uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, that's your three. So those are your three guys, and then you you want to throw in some some guys to help out. So from there, um, I'm gonna say Albert Wilson. I, I think Albert Wilson coming in. Now it's going to be health concerns. Uh, how healthy is he? I think I think Albert Wilson possibly is in that four or five spot. I also want to say um, B.C. Johnson and then Jalen Naylor. So those, and this is the key, Albert Wilson being an eighth-year guy, I think a Miss Mir Marset can upset him. He can get him out of here. Speed, um, been here already, comfortable with Kirk Cousins, um, knows Keenan McCardell, so he's been coached by him. Uh, so Albert Wilson is that fringe guy, but he's also an eighth-year guy, so he knows how to be a pro. Jalen Naylor is an easy guy you can put on the practice squad, so he's here. The question is going to be special teams, and this is where I think Dan Chesena is going to have an issue this year. When you look at a guy like Brian Osamoa, who's going to be a big-time special teams guy, you got some running backs you want to keep. So do you try to turn those guys into special teams guys, and do you really need seven receivers? So then is it Jalen Naylor to practice squad and you roll with six and to, to send as your six receiver? Um, that's what's going to come down to. But I'd say with his special team's uh, ability, um, I don't know if he would be active every week because, again, this practice squad now is more fluid with COVID um, and with just the new NFL rules. I'd say his hot seat number is going to be a six. I, I think he's 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 hot but he can definitely go out there and show these coaches his speed and maybe in this new offense where they stretch the field, he's a guy they need. Yeah, what is what number does he wear? 85? I think it's about an 8.5. I think he's, okay. his hot seat is his number. I, I just think that there are too many promising receivers on this roster for you to not roster one of them in favor of, of Tresena. He's not really a wide receiver. He is a special teams guy solely. And I'm not sure that their new special teams coordinator is going to value him the same way that the previous regime did. 
Moving on. Uh, but first, actually, we're going to tell you about BetOnline.net, your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which have now concluded, and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They're the best spot for podcasts and news about the seasons. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's do one more. How about Ole Udo, former starting right guard, last year of his contract. He's not the starter anymore. What's his hot seat index? Yeah, so I'm going to go with, I think, I mean, I'm just going to go out there. We have no idea. I think Wyatt Davis gets better. He becomes a, a perennial backup, uh, maybe a swing guard guy they can use, maybe in this season system. I think Ed Ingram, uh, we know he's going to be fine. Um I think Ole Udo, that that's gotta he's gotta be up there because of just some of the issues that we saw. Um the length at six six makes him a little bit tall for a guard. Um, where you, you see more guards tend to be in that six four, six three range because they want to be squatty and be able to really attack. But you know, at six six, three twenty, he's kind of that longer guard. Um, but he got pushed back a lot in the Kirk's lap. And and I know, you know, clean pocket, 93% quarterback. That's what you want. A 93 grade quarterback with a clean pocket, you gotta have better guard play. And so I put him on a nine. Like I think he's on a nine because these coaches, they've heard it, they've seen it. And if they're bringing in guys that they like, those probably are the guys that are gonna make it. So I put him at a nine. So I'm gonna put him at about a, a seven and a half. And here's here's why I think it's a little less hot, is because who is your next Rashad Hill? You need a swing tackle. Is it Vidarian Lowe? He's a rookie. You don't really know what you have in him yet. Is it Blake Brandle? He's played very sparingly. Um, is it Ole Udo? He's got that tackle body. He's got that tackle experience a little bit, at least in practice. Um, could he be the next Rashad Hill? If that's a role that they have earmarked for him, then I think he's got a decent chance. But last year of his contract scares me because that's, that's the point where a lot of guys get, get that camp cut kind of designation and they go with someone younger. So I think he's in trouble. I don't think he's flaming like hot on the hot seat, though. Yeah, because Vidarian Lowe is literally the exact same size, 6'6", 320, mm -hmm. and he is a tackle. So if you bought in all these guards, I think, like I said, I think Wyatt, like Wyatt Davis looked really good in training camp. Um, and I've heard, I got this story, I think, from Coach Mason said this, and it was like Woody Hayes was his coach at Ohio State, and he said he told a guy how to do a play 1,000 times, and the guy got in the game and still messed it up. And Coach Mason stood up and said, man, I told him a thousand times how to run this play, and he keeps messing it up. And Woody Hayes looked at Coach Mason and said, well, that's your fault. You're a horrible teacher. If you taught somebody something a thousand times, they still can't get it. You got to find a better way to teach. And I think that's what happens is so many coaches get stuck in their ways, and they think this is the way you have to learn it. If you can't learn it, you can't do it. And then you have guys like P.J. Fleck who say, look, I got 144 third graders on this team, and that's how I treat them. I'm going to teach each guy a different way if I have to, because I want to make sure they get it. And I think that's what this new regime is. It's about getting the guys to do what they need them to do and finding out how they learn best. And we will see, but I think that's going to be the key when you have so many guys that, that have that academia type of mentality of how do I teach this guy to get it right? Maybe that's what turns it around for some of these guys where they're going to be taught the right way. And I think maybe Wyatt Davis and, and, and I had Ryan Monis on uh, when I did a, a radio show and, and he said the same thing. He said, it's tough for guards that are not first round draft picks to come in early and just be ready to go. 
Um, it takes time. And so maybe Wyatt Davis is just going to take him time. And he went to Ohio State, though. He went to the Ohio State. So a lot of NFL guys come from there. So we'll see. But up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that. Well, it's that time of the show. Up next, the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. My producer, Sam Ekstrom, take it away. Yeah, so we talked about the Vikings linebackers a little bit in the previous segment. If you missed that, go back and watch on YouTube. But uh, Kevin Seifert of ESPN.com wrote about one standout Viking that he observed during the offseason program, and he focused on rookie Brian Asamoah, the, uh, the young linebacker. So what do you think his role is going to be this year, Ron? I think he's going to be a, a, a sub-package linebacker. He's going to come in on passing downs. Um, he's going to play a lot of special teams. Um, but he's going to be a sub-package guy, and then he's going to be a, a filling guy too because w- when you think about staying fresh, if you have guys that you think can get you can get out of them what you can get out of other guys, meaning if I put Brian Asamoah in next to uh, Eric Kendricks and I can pull Jordan Hicks out for a minute, and I'm going to get similar production, why not do that? Or vice versa. If I can put Brian Asamoah as like my outside linebacker nickel and he's going to cover the tight end in this package, call it. And Daniel Hunter now becomes my five technique, not my outside linebacker. And I put Brian Asamoah outside of Daniel Hunter and I can get similar production. Why not do it? The kid played at Oklahoma. I mean, another group of guys that when you come out of there, you're ready to play. You know, you're well coached. You have a lot of NFL guys out of there as well from the offense and the defensive side. Um, he went up against the best of the best every week. And again, another guy that when he gets to eating and get, get, get to lifting and you, and you grow because 20 to 21, 22 year olds, you know, you think you're grown. And then you look like, I look back on myself at 21, 22, and I thought I was grown. And I'm like, I'm like man, I look like a little kid. You know, I didn't have facial hair. I mean, I had a little bit of a beard, but didn't really have one. I had a little bit of a mustache. Um, Body was strong, but wasn't like cut up yet. You look at T.O. as a rookie, and then you look at T.O. as a fifth-year guy. I mean, that was night and day as well. That dude was like, like I don't know if he ate the weights or it just just body type. You just get older. You start to mature. A guy like Brian Asamoah, I think that's going to be his role. I think he's going to play a lot. He's going to be a big-time special teams guy, but he's also going to be a big-time sub-package guy that you, you can bring him in and not have to worry about a drop-off and play like you did some guys in the past. Yeah, and I do wonder, too, because they claim that they're going to have multiple looks. If they are going to show some 4-3 looks where they've got four down linemen and they've got a third linebacker on the field, who's that going to be? Um, maybe Asamoah has has a chance to be that guy in some of those sub-packages. Before I get to the next question, I'm going to tell you about Rock Auto. Ron, I'm not a big auto parts guy. I'm a little uncomfortable going to the store, standing in line, wandering the aisles aimlessly, not knowing what I'm looking for. It's a lot comfier to visit rockauto.com at home where you can save time and money. And uh, why would you spend 30, 50, 100% more on products in the, the chain store or car dealership when you can just visit the family business, Rock Auto and rockauto.com, helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They've got everything you need, brake, pipe, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And let me pivot to Twins Guardians. The Twins go in two games ahead to a five-game series, and they come out three games ahead from the opener, an 11-1 drubbing 
of the Guardians, Sonny Gray, the win. Uh, three hits from Urshela, three hits from Sanchez, including a home run, three hits from Kirilov. Big night for the Twins offense, Ron. Yeah, so one or two things. I hate big wins like that because then you relax and you feel like, all right, this is our series now. This is our time. Um, I hope that they just shellack them the next four games because you can't, I mean, you can literally put a seven game gap in between you and second. Um, that's a huge mental, like breath of fresh air. Like, oh my goodness, we can relax now. Um, when you look at pitching, I mean, you got some nasty pitchers in there. I mean, throwing a hundred mile an hour splinker, like you got some nasty pitches. So you got in and, and the pitching coach. Goes, so maybe, like I said, maybe the pitching coach leaving midseason becomes uh, their major league moment where they're like, you know what? Let's show our pitching coach. You know, he left us. Let's show him we didn't need him anyway. Hopefully that maybe that's the the boost they needed for their pitching to just, uh, you know, snap and say, look, let, let's go. Um, but yeah, to, to go up three games now, because I said that I said this five game series, they got two out of three from the Rockies. That was huge as well, because if they had lost any of those, um, they would be behind. Uh, those two out of three uh, gave them that 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 two game lead, and then they turn around now and, and got another one uh, from the Guardians. And so these next four, um, winning them all would be great, but if they can get three out of the next four, that gives them a breath. That's six games ahead in first place. That that has them going into the next series with a little bit more like, okay, we got a cushion. But I think that was huge. They just can't have a letdown. Now, you, like you said, there's a doubleheader. It's tough to win a doubleheader, but it's also – not because if you win the first game in the doubleheader, the other team is even tighter now. Because like, oh man, we just lost to these dudes, and we got to turn around and play them in an hour or whatever it is, forty minutes. So I think that's going to be the key for the Twins. And then, if I'm not mistaken, right, doubleheaders are only seven innings, correct? You know, I think they changed it back to nine. I think that was okay. a COVID thing, but I think okay. they're back to nine now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's a long day uh, to have to play two nine inning games. Because I thought, or maybe it's a run thing. If you have so many runs after seven, maybe they call it. But because I was in Detroit. Uh, when they did that with the Tigers and the Twins. Uh, but yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the the way they go. It's like, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, we can get these two here. And if we pull these two off, now we're five games. And, and, and then we still got two more games to play. That's a huge mental, like, oh, I can breathe. But yeah, I, I think the Twins, that was a huge win. They needed that. Uh, pitchers, when you see your batters batting like that, it's so much. It's so much easier to go pitch knowing you have girls. Sorry, I'm talking about my daughter's team now, but <laughs> knowing you can pitch, when you know you have guys that can hit the bat, hit the ball like that. <laughs> you know the the biggest win the Twins had was that one nothing win last. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday over the Guardians, just to like snap the losing streak. Uh, they kept kind of afloat in that uh, in that top spot in the division, and now they've got some cushion. So that's yeah. great. Uh, last one. Adrian Peterson's going to be boxing Le'Veon Bell in L.A. next month. Um, that was kind of a jarring headline, but who you got in a fight between one straight running backs? Well, I, I, I feel like that's a bull versus a horse. Like, Le'Veon Bell's a horse. He's a he's a nice, galloping – I mean, you saw his running style. It was it was pretty. It was he, was he was not a bruiser. He was a pretty runner. He sat back behind the line of scrimmage for – you know, three seconds, letting the line go, and then he would just all of a sudden go from zero to 60. He's a he's a horse. He can get out. He's a quarter horse. He can get out fast, you know, but he's smooth with it. His, his, his mane is all his body. is Everything's smooth. Like, he's a smooth quarter horse. Andrew Peterson is a bull. Like, I don't ever seen a bull in a China shop. I don't think they let bulls in China shops, but that's what I imagine when I see Adrian Peterson run. And my guess is, if you're a smooth runner, you're probably a smooth 
fighter. If you're a bull in a china shop runner, you're a bull in a china shop fighter. Now, two things with a bull, though. There's a matador. The matador smooth. The matador waits, plays around with the bull, and then slays him, which is a terrible sport, but slays him. Adrian Peterson, I think, will beat Le'Veon Bell or can beat Le'Veon Bell, but Adrian Peterson cannot be a bull at all times. You have to have that power. You have to have that 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 ability. You cannot get like you can't run in and let Le'Veon Bell sidestep you and then just drop you because he is strong. They're both two big strong dudes. That one shot, clean shot, is going to knock somebody out. Um, I don't know how serious they're going to take it. I don't know if they're going to be for real, like 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 Nate Robinson, some of these guys fights, or it's going to be more of a charity type thing. Uh, who knows what you're going to get out of this because you're starting to see this more and more where guys are just jumping into the ring and, and making money doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Adrian Peterson over Le'Veon Bell. I would not have guessed that those guys were the same size. I mean, I just looked up. They're both 6'1", 220, 225. Yeah. I would have assumed that Bell was a couple inches shorter and 20 pounds lighter than Peterson. No, he's definitely so tall. He was tall. I thought he was taller than AP. Yeah, no, the uh the so the matchup actually works size-wise. Um Peterson's kind of got that brute strength and people talk about the grip that he has, right? Um but Bell seems like a you know a little bit more of a, you know, bob and weave kind of athletic build and uh I'm probably won't watch it, but I'm curious to see what the result is. <laughs> we'll see the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. We want to thank you guys for joining us today. Please continue to subscribe on YouTube, share, like, comment. Also, wherever you get your podcasts, you can download, take us wherever you go. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thank you.